the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith. Faith. Politics, politics, history, history, and current events. Current events. Current events. And now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with a moment on sports, part one. The Detroit Red Wings defeated the Chicago Blackhawks 6-3 this past Sunday. Lucas Raymond recorded the first hat-trick of his National Hockey League career, and he became the first teenager in franchise history to accomplish this feat since Steve Iserman on March 30, 1985. He scored 5 minutes and 41 seconds into the first period, which was followed by him lighting the lamp with one minute remaining in the middle frame and seven minutes into the third period. Carter Roney, Vladislav Nemestikov, and Tyler Bertuzzi scored the other three Red Wings goals within a five-minute stretch of the second period. Dylan Larkin registered three assists, while Bertuzzi chipped in with a pair of helpers. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. And I'm back. Hey, and Derek, you didn't mention the, the uh, Red Wings are in third place for their division right now. Just that you'd like to know that. <laughs> you yeah. probably already knew that. Yeah. So maybe Ed would like to know that. Hey, Ed, I want to uh, thank you. If I cared. Um, <laughs> Ed, I wanted to thank you for having me on your show last hour. Normally, uh, I find it to be a burden. and uh, and. <laughs> Today it was my burden to have you. Yeah. I, no, no, I want to thank you so much. That was so interesting. Um, uh, my, my background is, uh, people may not know, is archaeology, and I absolutely adore. It's a soft science, but I adore the science. And it does so much. To when people, you asked a question at the end of your show about uh, what's been found in, you know, to show the Bible or something along that line. We didn't get into it. At the turn of last century, the atheists were really proclaiming, you can't believe the Bible. It has these people that never existed, this this big kingdom called the Hittites. And, and that big kingdom never existed. We find no sight of it. And guess what? <laughs> then all of a sudden, they find the the Hittite kingdom in, in Turkey. And That's um, the kind of stuff that Eric Metaxas' book discusses in particular. He mentions the Hittites. He mentions a lot of this because his, his approach is, he's, and I don't mean to take up your whole show with this, but... He starts no, out because we got a about, really good guest coming up. Yeah, the hard science. Uh, when we say the hard science, physics, the stuff about physics that scientists are determined about the universe and how matter is comprised and tuned universe. All this stuff, all, all the hard sciences, are are pointing to where professors, scholars are having to say, scientists have to say, okay, somebody made this. We don't know yet, but somebody made this. Probably space aliens. And then he goes on to show how the the biblical record is there's reason to believe the biblical the bible is saying what it said and how then into the archaeology it's it's a very fascinating book very good so there you go yeah. thanks so yeah and and the name of the book again is is atheism dead by eric metaxas and of course and there's discovering sodom uh by latency scott and stephen collins and that book is what inspired metaxas on his 
Right. And that book, folks, there's two books out there discovering Sodom. One's a, one came out this year. It's not them. I can't vouch for it. Go for the one that's uh, got Latane C. Scott and Stephen Collins. All right. Hey, folks, we've talked about uh, life issues on our show so many times. And it is a subject that needs to be talked about even more. I have in the past opened the phone for those that are um, pro-abortion. I don't want to say pro-choice because there's no choice for the child. They, they kill them. But I've invited them many times to call in and to to explain why the life in the womb is not important. And I'd give them the opportunity and to my to my view and my listeners' view uh, on reports, no one has successfully been able to do that. But every now and then I am blessed to meet someone or hear a testimony of someone that so speaks out to the importance of life. And as we've discussed on our show many a times, it is unfortunate that the majority of children that are killed by abortion are done so by mothers that claim to be Christian, claim to have be of faith, and then, then they find themselves in a situation and they get an abortion. I will state that some of this blame goes on the church itself as not being forgiving and not being loving enough to reach out to somebody who's been made, made one mistake and by being so cold can cause these young ladies to delve into much deeper mistake. But it is wonderful to meet somebody that they recognize God moving in their life. I'm not going to get too much into her story. I'm going to let her do it. But God moving in her life to make right decisions. Um, when I read her testimony, I was deeply blessed. And I want to introduce Alona Mertz. And um, how are you doing, Alona? Hi. So it's Alana. No worries. Alana. Oh. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. That that is uh, no. the name my parents blessed well, me with. I said it's not it might be because I said mug. I read your testimony. So <laughs> No, Rick I and did. I were talking about this earlier because we have a friend named Ilona and I asked him to spell your oh, name. Wow. So I knew it was Alona. And I have a question yeah. to ask real Alana. quick. Alana. Alana. Whoa. My goodness. Okay, that's too much. <laughs> Are you related to Fred and Ethel? That's what I need to know. No. You know what? In swim class, that was my nickname, Little Mert, because my swim instructor really <laughs> loved um, I Love Lucy. Thank you. So. <laughs> I'm going to, Alana, I'm going to let you yeah. just jump right in. We, we, okay. If I start talking over you, it's because uh, we're coming up on break. Uh, but sure. if you stop, then I'll ask questions. We'll go that route. Okay. But I want you okay. to give your testimony. Where you were at when you found you were pregnant, decisions that you had to face and what led you through up to that moment where you found yourself at an abortion clinic. Absolutely. So I was, I had the blessing of being raised in the church um, and later did work that was evangelical ministry work. We even had opportunities to pray outside of abortion clinics to work alongside of pregnancy centers, um, several of them within the twin cities of Minnesota and I was very passionately pro-life. Well, as you know, life takes its ups and downs. Um, I had moved to a new location. Um, I had a couple things that I thought were on the horizon that didn't quite work out, and it put me in a pretty low space. Um, 
And I said yes to dating a man that I, quite frankly, had no business to be dating. Um, I tried to end the relationship several times, and it was just being manipulated back into it. It was a very unhealthy relationship. And then in June of 2017, my heart said to take a test. And I saw those two little pink lines, and I wept. I wept. This child was not coming into a family that loved each other. It was not coming into that stability that I had desired. Um, And it wasn't coming under the circumstances that I felt like God had wanted for me. Um, I was terrified, terrified. So I made an appointment at an abortion clinic. I snuck in past the people who were out front praying and advocating, I went upstairs and it was just an absolutely cold and sterile environment. Everything was tense. There were people weeping. There were people staring stoically. And I was going through the paperwork, my hand shaking. And for the briefest moment, I heard a single child's cry come from the back room. Just one infant's cry and then no more. And I looked and I could see that everyone else had heard it, that one baby's cry. And that's where it started to click. This is a child. Alana, you can't deny this is a child. My name was called to go back. Um, And in my head, I just heard this mantra of, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And as I was laying on the table getting an ultrasound, the technician says, we actually can't perform the abortion today. We cannot confirm that you have a pregnancy in your uterus, but you can make it an appointment to come back again. And I ran out of there. I said, no, thank you. Gathered my stuff, headed out, got into my car and just cried. I was just okay. so relieved. Oh, yeah. Gosh, so I, I, you're going to get your whole testimony through, but I want to take this one mm-hmm. step at a time. Sure, sure. <laughs> help bring, bring it to end. First of all, this is something I've said on my radio show to to people over the air many times, is if you are in a bad relationship, you'll know you're in a bad relationship. If you're in a relationship you know you need to get out of, you'll know it. You are in that type of relationship with this guy, right? Absolutely. You know you're in a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. Then then you, you take the test, you find out you're pregnant. Now, when you find out you're pregnant, did you tell anyone, did you call you any family members... Not a soul, not a single soul. So you are carrying this by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, my question would be this, and because uh, I want this to speak to maybe somebody out there. Uh, we were blessed here once when we had one of our conversations on life where we had a young lady called up who, uh, what we're saying on the radio changed her mind uh, that mm-hmm. day of having having an abortion. So I always pray for such a, for such a blessing to happen again that a child, one child be saved when we talk about this. So you're carrying this by yourself. Why didn't you tell your parents? Why didn't you call your parents? Yeah, there was what was running so through your mind? Shame, so much shame of, I used to be on the other side of this. I used to be on the exact opposite side of trying to reach these mothers, of working at centers, volunteering, and now here I am receiving it. And I think just going, and that's just not who I was. That was not who I was to be in this relationship. 
But I think having that dichotomy within me prevented me from reaching out. So even before you went to the, the abortion clinic, did you think about when you seen that, those two little pink lines, did you think about calling your mom and saying, mom, I'm pregnant? No. Mm-mm. No, my instinct was to hide. My instinct okay. was to hide. And so you, you go and, and uh, you go to the abortion clinic, you go up into this very, you sneak past, and I find this interesting, you sneak past the people that are doing the mm-hmm. same thing you used to do, the, the, the counselors yeah. and the prayer warriors that are outside praying, you sneak past them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Why, why, did you, why did you feel you had, did you know some of these people? Why did you feel you had to sneak past them? It was, again, just like I couldn't face who I had become in this moment of, I didn't have the capacity to receive the grace to reach these people when I knew they would be nothing but loving. I knew that logically, but in my panic state, I just, I could not connect that dot in my brain. And and you get in the upstairs, you sneak past them, you go up the stairs, you go into this very cold environment, um, very clinical environment. And there's other women up there, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you hear this baby cry, and you made mention that you looked, and other people heard it too. Do you know of any other one that walked out other than you when this happened? Did that I baby crying speak to anyone else other than someone you? Someone else had walked out, but I know everyone in that room heard it. Everyone and heard it. And when you heard, but I are you there? Yes, I'm here. Go ahead. Okay. All right. When when uh when you heard that baby crying. Mm-hmm. What immediately went through your mind? Just this immense wave of terror followed by the realization of this is life. We are all carrying another human life. Alana, you are carrying a baby and you can't tune that out anymore because someone just lost theirs. So you leave. And, and folks, there are so many different blessings that come from this story. Um, I mean, I'm just giving you a spoiler alert here. So when when you leave, I read part of your statement as you said that uh, God saved your child from you. Can you elaborate on that? Yes, I was in a state where I was so panic-stricken, terrified, and disconnected from God that I was was going to kill my child. And I believe that God shielded the baby on the ultrasound because there was no biological reason for the child to not show up. Let's talk about that because we haven't really, you haven't really discussed that yet. So you're, Mm -hmm. let's talk about you going into the room and having the ultrasound before you're to have your procedure done. Mm -hmm. Tell everyone, because you kind of hinted towards it there, but that whole story yeah. there kind of like is lost on my audience because they didn't hear it all. Uh, they didn't read yeah. your account. So let's talk about that ultrasound. What happened? Yeah. Yep. So laying back on a table, she d- performs um, two different ultrasounds to just check and see because they could not, they could not find the child. And I'm looking up at the ceiling, just, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. Like just desperately wanting to get out of there, but unable to say the words. And just, I couldn't see the monitor. Um, she had it facing her. And I could see she was just really looking at the monitor, just squinting and moving around. And um, 
looking for a substantial amount of time, enough that it was, the anxiety level was peaking quite high. And then eventually saying we, we cannot confirm a pregnancy um, in the uterus, therefore we cannot go forth with this procedure. So the procedure then at that point, and you hear this baby, God shielded the baby from the abortionist mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. kind of shielded your heart with the sound of a baby crying on that same day. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So you leave, mm -hmm. you leave the, the abortion clinic. Yeah. And um, let's talk about the next two weeks. What happens over the next two weeks? Yes. So actually, even over the next week, um, I start to tell a few close people. Um, I do share it with the, the father. Um, and he's, he's just kind of disengaged um, for the most part. But I share it with a few close friends. And one of them takes me to a clinic, a pro-life clinic that I actually used to volunteer for. And we go there and it's warm. It's welcoming. I know the receptionist. And there's just not even the slightest hint of judgment. She's just very kind, gets me set up, gets a private room, um, and then performs an ultrasound. And immediately, just the loud boom, 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 boom of the baby's heart. You can hear it. And then she says, there it is. There's your child right there. Um, and then she pans over <laughs> to the other side of my stomach and says, you know you're having twins, right? Amen. And I laughed because I thought she was joking. And then she didn't laugh. And I said, what? And sure enough, there was baby A and baby B. It was not just one child. It was actually two. So Showing up loud and clear, shield, beautiful heartbeats. So the Lord shielded two heartbeats from the abortionist. Mm -hmm. And it saved it saved uh, saved those children. God saved those children until you were in a friendly place, a child friendly place, uh, and they find them both, both babies. Where the abortionist couldn't find one, uh, the pregnancy center found two. And when and mm -hmm. you, you kind of freaked out a little bit when you heard it was two. <laughs> that was just it was a surreal joy. It was just this shock, and then just joy of like two twins. And just this gratitude of God, you are letting me have twins. Thank you. Just profoundly grateful for that. So no, no, uh, no fear of saying, "Oh, I'm having twins. Maybe I need to go back to the abortion clinic type thing." Mm -mm. No, after that, it was just, "Yep, here we are. I'm having two babies. I'm a mother, fully owning it." Like, I asked her, "I'm like, actually, can you hear their heartbeats one more time?" And she like panned over so I could hear both of them. And again, this was just one week between the appointments. And they were at a right. developmental stage where, again, heartbeats should have been loud and clear at both appointments. I find something uh, kind of interesting about this. When you go into the abortion clinic, they do the ultrasound. They have the screen aimed away from you so you can't see Correct. it. As though they don't want to introduce you to your child. Mm -hmm. Were you able to see the screen when they did it at the pregnancy center? Oh, yes. Yes. It was a very clear, like, oh, here's your one child. There's the egg sac. There's the other one, like, just all, like in describing it, explaining it to me, telling me about postures and positions. Yes. Very open. So, so very one open. tried to hide your child from you and the other one wanted to show you, 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 you your children. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Ed, do you have any? Ed is my co-host. Ed, do you have any questions so far? No, I'm enjoying the conversation no. so far. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's because I'm letting her do most of the talk. <laughs> so. Well, that's that's the that's the sign, like Latane said about her writing on my show. You know, when when you get good people talking, you know, or get good people talking, it makes you look better. You look real good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now you decide to have the baby. You go to the pregnancy center. Now mm -hmm. you've opened up to a few friends. Have you opened up now at this point to your parents? Um, so I told my employees because I was working, I was actually working multiple jobs, about 60 hours a week. And so went through and told my employees and it, they were just very gracious of what do you need, talking timelines, just very supportive. Um, told a few more friends. I was involved in a small group and was able to tell those women and they were able to support and pray with me and offer some practical help as well. I did not tell my family until probably a good a good month after after that appointment. Um, and then eventually did share that with them. And my mother took it very hard um, and then turned right around with, okay, here we go. Um, and the rest of my family was very loving with, okay, what do you need? Here we are. They threw baby showers for me. Um, I was actually able to earn baby items through the pregnancy center. So by doing educational videos, we saved up what were called baby bucks. And that's how I purchased the girl's crib. And, and you don't have to give it over the air if you don't want to. Want to. What are your children's names? Yes, um, Eve and Lily. Eve and Lily. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. One of these days, I don't know if it's good to tell them how lucky they are or not, but uh, they are blessed. God, God protected them uh, very much so. And one of the things I want to get out on this, um, where am I at on my clock here? Uh, might have to hold you over into the next segment if that's okay um, for mm -hmm. some of these questions. Because I want to get into speaking out, having you speak out to the young ladies out there that might be in the same situation as you are. Believers in a church family find themselves in a position where they never thought they would and definitely in a place where their parents would hope that they would never end up. And the pressure that a, a girl could feel in that situation. And um, what kind of words of wisdom could you give out to that? Yeah. To someone who was that frightened to tell their parents. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I'm, you know, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, it took you a while to tell your family and there, there was a reason for it. Absolutely. I think if I could speak to any young woman, older woman, um, any woman at all who is facing this, just to sit her down and look her in the eye and say, you can do this. You are capable of carrying this child. You have been blessed with this child, and you can do this. Let's go find the resources. Let's pray and get ready to share this, because people are actually going to be a lot more excited than what you think. And there's so much grace, so much grace. Now, your mother took it kind of hard when she found mm -hmm. out you were pregnant, you said. How does she get mm -hmm. along now with the, uh, with the grandchildren? Well, so she um, she lives in Montana. We reside in Michigan. So there's a little bit of physical distance. 
But she right. sends a uh, goodie box at, at least once a month. Um, multiple <laughs> phone calls as she's driving to and from work. Um, it, she's pretty much supplied their entire wardrobe of clothes. Uh, she, she is adapted to being a Grammy very well. All right, Alana, I'm going to ask you to hold on to after this break uh, because I'm sure. a few more questions, if you don't mind. And uh, we'll be back no after problem. these messages. Pastor Richard Dietering on Wham. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. The Detroit Red Wings defeated the Washington Capitals 3-2 in overtime this past Wednesday. Detroit trailed 2-0 when Adam Earn scored nearly halfway through the second period, and Robbie Fabry lit the lamp just over two minutes into the third period to tie the game. Dylan Larkin tallied the game-winning goal one minute and 37 seconds into the extra session to give the Red Wings their fourth win of the season. Earn, Lucas Raymond, Pius Suter, Vladislav Nemestnikov, Philip Hronik, and Moritz Seider each contributed an assist. Thomas Grice recorded 26 saves and a 92.9 save percentage. While 11 players registered at least a plus one plus minus rating. Now, here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. And we are back. When I say we, I mean myself and my co-host, Ed Bondarenko of Your American Heritage, Derek Stone behind the board, dealing with all the sports and technical stuff, stuff that I would have no clue how to do. Derek takes care of that. And uh, how you doing today, Ed? I didn't get really much chance to say that. I think Derek, Derek should have his own radio show, don't you think? Yeah, I keep saying he should have a show right before mine, but you know. Yeah, but I'm, I'm thinking 12:30 <laughs> Sunday afternoons. How about it, Derek? You want to? Do you have? Do you know of? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there's some guy who has that time slot right now. Oh wait, it's me. Oh, okay, darn good job of it too. You know, is is Alana still on the phone? Yes, she is. I, I'd like to. I think we. I mentioned I'd like to mention something, and you said, "Yeah, go ahead." Uh, go so, ahead. So 40 Days of Life, Ann Arbor is hosting a Jericho Walk tomorrow around Planned Parenthood in Ann Arbor. And uh, so they're going to be there at a quarter to two tomorrow. And you could join them if you want to be on that side of the battle to. And I want to ask our guest in a little bit what it's like to be on the other side of that. Uh, Famously, regarding 40 Days of Life. Abby Johnson, a former Planned Parenthood director, used to walk through those lines regularly. I heard her talk a couple weeks ago at Pastor Pastor uh, Christopher Thomas Church, our Savior in uh, uh, um, Heartland. And then, so basically, I'd like to ask Alana, what's it like to have to confront these people? How, what effect does that have on you? Yeah, um, 
when you say these people, can you provide a little bit more clarity to that, please? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean, when when people are, I've I've been out in front of uh, Planned Parenthood before. Nobody was trying to get an abortion at the time, but uh, you know, there are people like Forty Days of Life that will stand outside trying to counsel. I think you mentioned that you you could you know you had to go through some lines at at one point uh, when you approached the clinic, but what's it, what's it like to have to confront people who are, you know, tr you know, have signs and everything. I don't know what that's like. I was wondering if you, if you She's could uh, explain it. Well, that's yeah, true. That's crazy. true. But <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that part of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So from both sides, the perspective of being one of praying at a center, it's, it's humbling just to be there to pray and to create an avenue for the counselors to be at work because I'm not a licensed counselor. Therefore I let them do the work. However, I'm a child of a God of God. Therefore I can still intercede. Um, now being on the flip side of trying to sneak in and hide of seeing them out there. Um, thinking back to that moment, I think I was distressed. And at some point, a little bit amazed that there were so many people there who were um, marching around the center, who were present, um, who, you know, some who were counselors, some who were just there, not just, but some who were there praying. Um, I think looking back at that, it's like, wow, there are so many people who are here supporting life. Well, get this, Alana, I want you to remember this. They weren't just praying, they were praying for you. Even though you mm. snuck past them, they were praying for you. And I think it's those prayers that help with that baby crying and the prayers causing that uh, machine not being able to find your children. Um, mm. They were praying for you and that's remarkable. Tell you a little quick story and then I have some other questions for you, Alana, and I want you then, well, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, talking about the prayers, like, do you go out right now? Do you go to the uh, abortion centers now and pray? Do you still do that? Um, I do not. I'm actually in the process of becoming a volunteer at my local pregnancy care center. Oh, wonderful. Tell you a story mm -hmm. about uh, pregnancy care centers. Uh, quite a few years ago, it wasn't that many years ago, a few years ago, uh, myself and another pastor that people on this radio sh show are familiar with, uh, Pastor Yule, um, we went to a praying down in front of an abortion center uh, in Ypsilanti. And uh, to make the long story short, we had a lot of us there and we were praying in front of the Ypsilanti um, Planned Parenthood building. Shortly thereafter, that building went out of business. They shut down mm. and it is now, it is now a, a family, family life center of hope. And uh, it, it's a pregnancy center that promotes the women having the children. <laughs> and uh, Yay. so- it, Yay, you want to talk about miracles of prayer. I mean, you see miracles of prayer with you. Like I said, they were praying for you and anyone else who went in there. And just take a look that Lord saved your two children. Put it in your heart, mm -hmm. saved your two children. Uh, closed down a Planned Parenthood and opened up a pregnancy center for, for helping women have their children. Folks, there's mm -hmm. power in prayer. And Alana is perfect proof of this. And her children are better proof of this. <laughs> so I've told you before that we've had people who've listened to our shows. And uh, in one case, I know of a young lady by the name of Sarah who changed her mind in listening to our shows in the past. 
So we know that we have more than three listeners out there um, that <laughs> that we make an impact. Mm-hmm. You have such a wonderful story and you are now working at a pregnancy center, working to volunteer at a pregnancy center. Yes. Yes, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you five minutes. I want you to talk to those girls out there that are afraid to tell mom and dad. Uh, you are afraid to tell your mom, and now she sends packages to her grandchildren, and she loves them. <laughs> uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to young women who may be a, a believer in Christ but find themselves in a t- difficult situation, and they're going through some of the same thought process that you went through, and are considering losing their children. Talk to them for mm-hmm. as long as you need. Yeah. Um, right out the gate, if you are in that unhealthy relationship, you can leave him. There is a way you will get support. You can leave him. Um, secondly, you are such a capable woman. It is possible for you to have this baby. There is support for you. There is so much more support than you think. And the shame that you feel, no one is going to give that back to you. You can let that shame go. Because once you start telling people, it will be joy. It might be some shock, but it will ultimately melt into joy and excitement for your new baby. You can just let that shame go. You don't have to hold on to that anymore. And then when you have finally had this beautiful baby, use your testimony. Your ministry is where your misery was. And there's an amazing story that you are going to be able to tell someday as you bring this little one into the world. Amen. Mm -hmm. Okay, can I ask you one more? Yeah, Ed, go ahead. You got a question? If, I don't know who our audience is, you know, all 20 of them. But if there is anybody who's listening who has had an abortion, and as like I said, I was listening to Abby Johnson. She was a a uh, an abortion a Planned Parenthood director. She was a rising star in the organization when she realized what was going on when she saw an ultrasound and realized she couldn't do that anymore. And I thought I never knew this before, but I thought she said in her speech she had had two abortions, and now she has I think eight kids. And I just mm-hmm. like to say that if if anybody's listening who's found themselves having had an abortion, please don't be crushed by what we're talking about. There's a God in heaven who is reaching out to you, who wants to give you forgiveness, who wants to help you through the tough times, who wants to strengthen you and support you. Mm-hmm. That God is rooting for you, and he wants you to just say, hey, I was wrong, and accept his forgiveness and accept the cleansing that comes from belief in the sacrifice of his son, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ed. Okay, now I'm going to put you on the spot, Alana, one last time. It, I know I put you on a few. Um, <laughs> first of all, I want to thank you. I, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, I know we kind of met on Facebook uh, because I, I, read, I, I read your testimony and I was so moved by it mm-hmm. that I reached out to you. And um, by your response, you can't always tell emotion in typing when you're, you know, messaging back and forth by your response. I, I thought you may have been a little surprised that somebody else was reaching out to hear your testimony. It's like, what? Yeah. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> um, 
you have a wonderful testimony and please share that with as many as you can. Now, this is the spot I wanna put you on. I want you to pray for all the young people out there that are in the process of wondering if they need to abort their child or not. Can I ask you to pray for them right now for us? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Heavenly Father, creator of life, thank you for the gift that life is. Thank you for the humility that you offer in allowing us to participate in creating life. I ask, Lord, that you would intervene, whether it's through a person, a broken car, a baby's cry, whatever the need is, to halt these abortions, to stop them, and to encourage these young people to say yes to their child, to bring this child into the world, to knowing that their body is strong and capable, that they are supported, and that they can get to a place where they need to be. Lord, you prepared a place for your own son. You can prepare a place for these children as well. Heavenly Father, we place our trust in you. Amen. Amen and amen. amen. Well, well, my, my dear sister, um, you know how to reach me if you ever want to come back on and talk about events going on in your life and maybe some blessings with your children you want to share. You are always welcome to reach out to me. Um, you have become one of my new favorite guests. So, <laughs> and you, you, you I'm sure, have been a blessing to all those who heard you today. So thank you for calling in and having this conversation with us. Yes, thank you so much for having me. God bless. And anything, thank you for the work that you're doing. Anything, oh, that's okay. Anything else you want to say before, before Derek hangs up on you because he's got his finger on the button. I'm trying to get him to back off. Back off, Derek. <laughs> anything else you want to add on? <laughs> To what you said? No, just another post of gratitude and one last, you can do it to the women out there. You can do it. Ed has a question for you. Well, it's not a question. It's a comment. A friend of mine posted on Facebook as we were speaking, and I think it's more towards the attack on children in schools, uh, but I see it to some degree as relevant here. It says, in reality, they're not after you. This is the child speaking. They're after me. You need to be mm. in the way. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, sister. I love you. Thank you for calling in. And again, we will make sure we have you back on again. Thank you very much. God bless, guys. You, God bless you. Bye-bye. Ah, that, that got a little bit emotional, folks. Uh, I think so. And in a beautiful way. Um, now we have Ilona on the phone, not Ilana, not Alana, <laughs> but get it right. Ilona is on the phone with us now. And uh, how you doing, Ilona? Oh, good, good, guys. Yeah, this is Ilona, and I was listening to Alana, and that was a fascinating, uh, fascinating story. I mean, it was riveting. So I am happy to... Uh, that you are taking my call. I just wanted to update you guys on my next speech here in the area. Just so Um, you know, Ed didn't want me to take your call. He's saying, oh, no, not her. You didn't want me to take your call. But I said, I'm taking her call because I love her more than you do. So (laughs) his his lips are moving. (laughs) (laughs) You got an event coming up. Let's hear about it. Uh, There's one coming up on November 8th at 7 p.m. This is done by the Lakes Area Tea Party. It will be at Zerbo's Market and Bistro. That is at 3000 East 
West Maple Road in Commerce, and you can get tickets for that event uh, at eventbrite.com. That's through the Lakes Area Tea Party that's sponsoring that. A tea party where you have to buy tickets to go hear people speak. Uh, yeah, that's not my idea, but I think <laughs> it might be because it they have to rent the facility, and then probably some of the money is going to the Republican Party, I'm assuming. I don't know, because when well, I'm that, doing you know, you it... You don't want to dissuade people. Pardon me? You don't want to dissuade people by coming by saying that the money's going to a bunch of rhinos. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, here's yeah. a fact. Maybe they have to sell tickets because they just know how popular your your talks are now, and they they've got to make sure that they don't overbook the room. Uh, are we well, sure? Are right. we sure that there's a charge? Just because it's on Eventbrite, there are free events on Eventbrite sometimes. So, are you that might be know? it? Uh, well, it sounds like they're charging ten dollars for it. So, okay, I think there's a fee this time. Not my idea. Okay. I am not putting this on. It's well okay. worth it. Well worth it. I've heard your talks. Uh, well, so. I'm just trying to get as many parents as I can informed about what's going on in the school system. So uh, I'm just going all over the place trying to let them know. All right. And our our solution is this. You need to run for the state school board. Um Get somebody else on there to make a difference, as well as keep going around and having this talk. Because I'll tell you what, school districts are panicking over your talks, not just up there, but even in my little corner of town where you spoke re recently and everything else. Um, they're nervous that you're raising issues. <laughs> uh, good, good. They should be yeah. nervous. <laughs> they should be. As a matter of fact, actually, they shouldn't be. They, they should be so up and above board with everything that your talks wouldn't be necessary, you know? Your right. conversation shouldn't be necessary because they are doing everything right. The fact is, is our, our local school boards aren't doing anything right. And I, I can only speak of the few that I, I know of. And they would rather, and folks, when they say they don't, and you can comment on this, Ilona, not Alana, Ilona, <laughs> you can comment on this. Uh, the school boards, they, they will call critical race theory under different names, such as diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, there's the big one. And it's the exact same thing. And uh, so, yeah, Ed. Ilona, spell your last name. Uh, R-U-G-G. That's what I thought. Okay, Eventbrite has you down as Ilona Rigg. And I thought maybe you were one of, the, you know, Diana Rigg's relative or something, you know, one no, of the no, Avengers. You know, just a rug. <laughs> just a rug. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. So anyways, uh, if yeah, you look at Eventbrite. From underneath them. <laughs> if you look at eventbrite.folks and you look for events and in commerce, you'll see uh, Ilona Rig, but it's really Ilona Rug. And like I said, it tells when it is, where it is, and starts at $10. And it's worth it. Uh, support the effort. Right. And, and, and uh, uh, Pastor Deering, actually, there are two openings for the State Board of Education uh, coming up. So there'll be two openings. And uh, when after I spoke in Novi, um, they, they were uh, posting things online and everything because they were saying that I was promoting hate, that I was lying, that I was exaggerating the truth. So, uh, yeah, they got pretty upset because uh, there were yeah. several administrators that came to the speech to listen. What and I found they, so funny about all that, Ilona, 
was the principal of the one school who put up his video of him and his little hand puppet. And joke, folks, I'm not joking about this. The <laughs> principal has a little hand puppet that he puts up, a little sock pocket, puppet. And he, he's talking about being nice. And once people say stuff you don't like, just just be nice to them and they'll be nice back and goes through this whole thing with this puppet. And then the meeting happened. <laughs> Ilona yeah. Rugg spoke. And all of a sudden... She's telling half crews and, and does everything that he tells his puppet not to do. <laughs> I found that <laughs> hilarious. Uh, well, yeah, and he was at the meeting, in fact, and he said that he was scared for his safety, that he was looking for the exit in, to, in, uh, in case he had to exit the room quickly. <laughs> he didn't. And by the way, if you feel you have to exit the room, the easiest way out is the way you came in. So right. Just, just, <laughs> and, and, you know, well, I'm lo the, I look so threatening. <laughs> well, yeah. you look like a domestic terrorist. Given the uh, grilling that uh, Merrick Garland got recently in Congress about and how he had to back down from his memo and his letter, and I didn't say that. Well, it's right here. You said it. Domestic terrorists, you know. these The FBI has to go off after these people that speak at school board meetings, and he really had to back down, but I saw this mem on Facebook uh, where Morgan Freeman's asked, uh, he's in a Shawshank Redemption. They're sitting in the yard and Morgan's asked, what are you in for? And he says, well, I spoke up at a school board meeting, you know. Oh, yeah, ridiculous. Well, yeah. okay, I just yeah. wanted to call in real quick and uh, let your listeners know about the date. So I appreciate that. And you guys have a wonderful day and rest of your weekend. Ilona, before you go, I just want you to just hang up on this this note. I really like chicken and dumplings. Keep okay. that in mind. Okay. <laughs> let's <laughs> bring let's bring a bib. It's it's All a right. little messy. <laughs> Hold on, Ilona. Let's pray for her and her her uh, uh, presentation. Go ahead, Rick. Your license. <laughs> Folks, you do not need to be licensed to pray. Pray. The day comes that you need to be licensed to pray. You're definitely in the wrong country. But let's bow our heads and pray for what Ilona's doing. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for putting Ilona in my life as well as her husband. Lord, they have been a blessing to me in so many different ways. Lord, I just pray that you keep a protective hedge around her as she goes out and speaks the truth and talks about how we are all equal under the law and in your eyes, in that no one person or one group deserves more attention than another, but that we treat each other with each individual with love and integrity. Give her the strength to make these talks. And Lord, we know it's not popular in this world today to talk about really, really important issues because the devil doesn't want it. So just give her the strength to keep doing what she's doing. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Thank you. All right. Talk to you later, Ilona. Say hi to okay. that husband of yours. All right. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Bye, Ilona. So, one of these days, I'll get her to invite me over for chicken and dumplings, I'm telling you. <laughs> if I, I just got to keep putting it out. You know, little mind things. Just set, well, set it Well, this isn't the, the first brain. time you've done that. I know. I know. It's working, too. I'm telling you. Well, you just wait, wait and see. <laughs> so. Hey, can I play something real quick? Sure. Hold on a second. This is a guy at the Troy School Board just uh, uh, just last Tuesday. Institution to indoctrination camp. It used to be that I could send my 
kids to school with peace of mind that every book in the school library was educational material safe to look at, safe to read and safe to bring home. Not anymore. The school now, today, our school libraries under your watch have pornographic material. Michigan law act 33 section. He goes on, he, he storms them. He lets them know, you know, it's like one of those other parents who said, by the way, after today, you're all going to jail. I'm, I'm filing, filing charges. They were, they were showing pornographic material, which is a violation of state law to minors. Oh, they're, 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 put, they're putting out questionnaires to kids in elementary school. I can't even say on the air legally mm -hmm. the questions that they're asking without getting bleeped out and, and having Derek go into a panic because the words they use and these questions of, of things they do and stuff like that. It, it's scary what they're teaching our kids and asking our kids sexual preferences and stuff is crazy folks we'll be back next week on a moment of clarity until then i love you all have a blessed day bye you've been listening to a moment of clarity on wham talk 1600 with your host pastor richard dietering be sure to tune in again next week right here on wham radio 